I am blessed today, so thankful for the Lord and so glad for what I have in him. There's nobody, praise God, has got anything better than Jesus. Amen. I'm going to tell you again, there's nothing better than being in his will, walking with him. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Praise God. First Peter 2, I appreciate my brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. God bless you. God bless you for your prayers, your faithfulness, your kindness, everything you do to be a help. I go on and on. Amen. Appreciate my brothers and sisters. And you're so, so imperfect. Amen. But we just look into Jesus and he helps us. You know, somebody says, well, you aren't so much. I know it. Don't have to tell me that, but you should have saw me before the Lord got a hold of me. Amen. And I hope I do better next year than I do this year. Amen. Amen. God's so good. If you have first Peter two, say amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your presence here today and just these great testimonies that just give Lord, just give thanks to you for everything that you have done, Lord, and give glory to you because it's because of you that we have healing in our bodies. We have joy in our hearts. We are blessed today because of you. Bless your word now to our hearts and our lives, God. Bless God every ear to hear, every heart to be a doer. And God, just give us understanding, I pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Again, everybody said amen. amen. Hallelujah. First Peter 2, verse 1. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, lay it aside. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. If so be... Ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious, to whom coming as unto a lively stone, a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Ye also as living stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices. And he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you, therefore, which believe... He is precious. God bless you. You can be seated right there. I I don't know. Let me just say briefly what you came to expecting this morning. But I know what God has laid on my heart. And I I know in my own self that there's a lot of thoughts, a lot of noise, a lot of things going on in the world. And even in my own uh, maybe circle of, of just people that reach out to me and I reach out to them. But when I come and I pray and get through all that noise and say, okay, God, I want to know your heart for this day, for your people, you know, who's going to be there. You know, who's not going to be there. God, I want to, I want to just obey you. And, uh, so we're just going to do that. We're just going to do our best to obey God today. And I, and let me ask you this question. If, I'm sure with the testimony services that we have and the people here that are obviously just not only going to to church to to sing about Jesus and to hear about him through his word. But if I would ask you personally about Jesus and what he means to you, if I would ask you to give me the first word that comes into your mind about him and who he is. Praise God. What would you say? 
Love. What a great, what a great thing to think of when you think about somebody. Amen. To think love and oh, hallelujah. God so loved the world. Amen. Somebody else. Savior. Amazing. Pardon me? Just. Pardon? Breath. Do you hear just how amazing he really is? How about merciful? How about kind? How about patient? And all this and more, it's just. It's what really motivates us to, to shine that light and tell people about it. Right, it's why we gather together to, to, to lift up praise to Him and encourage one another because He's just so amazing. Amen. This word here that I stopped on says that He is precious. Therefore, which believe He is precious. That, that means valuable. That we see the value in, in, in knowing Him and walking with Him in surrendering to Him. Amen. Why would I say, not my will, but your will be done? Because he's so, His ways are so valuable to me. Amen. Amen. I've seen the change. I, I've seen what, what He has done. And I, I have no desire to go back. Oh, on my worst day, it's, I'm so thankful to God that He's touched my life and enough and He's helped me enough and He's blessed me enough that on my very lowest day that my desire is, God, just get me out of here so I can keep serving you. There's nothing in my past of bondage and dirt like, like Paul had talked about, that, that, that filth and off-scouring, that, that, that vomit of that old life. God is good. Amen. And God will be good to you. You can have a life like Paul was thinking about this morning again where he stood in chains. And I'm sure in rags before the authorities of that day and stood with boldness and said, I wish you had what I have. You don't have anything that I that, that is precious to me, but I've got something that you you need. Amen. But I want to continue on in this verse as much as I could preach and, and how good God is and how I hope every message that I preach to you is about just how kind, how gracious, how merciful, how loving, how amazing, how just he is. There is a word that I think if we would keep on going, fill up a, that whiteboard that I've got back there and just give me words to tell you about Jesus. I don't know that. That anyone would use this, but it is so important to understand. Because if he is so amazing and if he is so precious and so valuable and so kind and he's love and he's patient and he's everything a, a God wish would be for us to serve him and a friend that we would walk with him. Praise God. Why did they reject him? Why did they crucify him? Why did they they lie about him? Amen? Why did they falsely accuse him? Why did they say the miracles he's doing? Helping, healing, blessing, raising the dead, opening blind eyes, 
opening deaf ears, cleansing the leper, delivering those that were possessed by by evil spirits. Why did they say all that? Just the prince of devils. The only reason he does all that because he has a devil. He's got the worst of them all. If he's everything that we're talking about, why? Why doesn't everybody just line up to, to get to the house of God, to get somewhere where they can hear about how awesome he is, to, to draw closer to him? Amen. Unto you, verse 7 says, therefore, which believe he is precious, but unto them which be disobedient. See, that's key. You're not following God. You don't want his will. You choose. Come on now, listen to me. You choose to disobey him. The Bible says, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same as made the head of the corner. Now, that's a, that's a direct quote of prophecy that said God is getting ready to build a church. And not only is he the foundation, he is, Jesus is going to be the most important stone in the foundation, the cornerstone. But when the builders, the, the religious folks of that day, come and find that perfect cornerstone that's going to align this whole church that he is building, they said, that's not worth anything. Throw it out. And the prophets scratched their head and said, who would throw out the perfect cornerstone? They said, that's who Jesus is going to be. The religious leaders of the day that knew the scriptures the most will look and say, there's no value in that stone. Disallow it. Throw it out. Move on. The same is made the head of the corner and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. Even to them which stumble at the word being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. I wonder, with every word that we say, Jesus is love, Jesus is kind, Jesus is merciful, he is patient, he is just, he's a friend, he's, he's all this. How many would say, stumbling block? I don't know that that would come up in an hour. But yeah, I want to show you in the word of God, that's exactly who Jesus is. A stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. That word offense means an occasion to stumble. It's a direct quote from Isaiah 8, 14. He shall be for a sanctuary, but for a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense to both the houses of Israel, for a gin and for a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And many of them shall stumble and fall and be broken and snared and taken. What? Are we talking about the devil? Talking about Jesus. Because if your heart is set on religion and self-righteousness, your will, but God save me when it's all over, your stubborn heart cannot bow and bend and break the Bible said he's a stone that if you fall on that stone, if you humble yourself, he'll cause you to be broken. But if you harden your heart and you stiffen your neck, that stone will grind you to a powder in judgment. See, 
Jesus comes as love and as kindness. There's not one bit of it that you see that he's not loving and serving and giving to the point of death. But Isaiah said he is despised. You know, it's one thing to say, eh, I'm not a big fan of you. <laughs> them, yeah, you know, I could take them or leave them. Despised and rejected of men. That even his followers, listen now, it's so important we recognize this, that even those that knew his love and, and, and his kindness and saw over and over again his mercy and I don't, I don't know him. I'm not one of them. Isn't that what Peter said? Hey, I, I think you talk like one of his disciples or your, your speech kind of betrays you. I don't know who, what you're talking about. Why was it so hard for them to not stumble loving Jesus, serving Jesus, knowing Jesus? What is such a problem that he is so despised? Hey, remember, again, let me tell you like I did the other day. They did not stand around the cross weeping and saying, this is awful. What a tragedy. What a crime uh, against all of humanity. The most kind, loving, patient, giving, serving man now being mocked and ridiculed, crucified to die. How horrible. Somebody stop this travesty. But they mocked him. They spit on him. They, they, they would smack him and say, hey, hey, prophet, who was that to hit you? Even the, the one on the cross next to him began to mock. And it, for being kind, for being loving, for being patient. Let me tell you something about the word of God. And this is why the Bible says the way is narrow. Few there be to find it. But there's not any, make no mistake, there's a lot of religion. There's a lot of folks this morning even talking about Jesus. Yeah. This book is full of beautiful wisdom. Scriptures that, that I'm sure many in this community somewhere along the line have have hanging on their wall or maybe on a screensaver somewhere. And, and, and they can say, I, I've got a favorite Bible verse. And, and, and you know, I've, I've talked to people already and, and that you can, you know, they're stumbling drunk. I've got, a, I've got a prayer that I keep in my wallet or a, a Bible verse that I hold on to all the time. And it means so much to me. That'll only get you so far. That'll only get you so far. The Bible's full of amazing wisdom that'll help anybody really principles that if uh, i had opportunity to speak with a someone just completely smashed drunk the other day and i said open up a bible and 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 let's read a scripture and it 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 brought a sense of peace and uh it it calmed a storm but it will only take you this so far it'll only take you so far the 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 idea of uh, of staying using the Bible and 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 talking about all the things that God wants to bless your home and 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 bless your life, bless your health. There's promises for that. 
there's promises for God to meet your needs. And, and, and we trust God for all of that. But there is one key to it all that really makes the difference. And it is that key that becomes a stumbling block. First Corinthians, the first chapter, talks about the stumbling block that Jesus is. First Corinthians 1, verse 21 says, For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Now listen, he goes on and says, the Jews, for the Jews require a sign for the sake of this day and age, God kind of makes an understanding of, uh, uh, of humanity. He talks about the Jews and he says, they, they want a sign to believe. They want to see some, some miraculous feat to know, Hey, that that's from God. It goes back to Moses' day when Moses stepped up and said, uh, God talked to me. I saw a bush that was on fire and, and I was gonna, gonna check this out and, and all of a sudden God's talking to me through this burning bush. Take off your feet, shoes off your feet because you're standing on holy ground. And he says, I want you to go and Tell Pharaoh, let my people go. I'm sending you as a deliverer. And, and they're going to say, how do we know that I have sent you? And I'm going to give you signs. I'm going to show you miracles. I'm going to, you're going to put your hand into your, to your cloak and pull it out. It'll be leprous. And then you put it back and I'll heal it. And, and I'll, I'll take that rod. I'm going to go show you miracles. And you throw that rod down. It's going to turn into a serpent. Reach down and grab that snake and pick it up. It's going to be a rod again. And you're going to, they're going to see it. So the Jews... They, they kind of took that as a principle. If we know you're sent from God, we're going to see those signs to show. And, but still they rejected Jesus. <laughs> All that he did, their eyes were blinded. But the Greeks, those who were not Jews, the Gentiles of that day, and uh, the Greeks were really, uh, after the Romans, kind of the, the, the leaders in society and in the culture, and they were uh, influencing the whole world at that time. And, and uh, they were into philosophy. They were into wisdom. So they want to hear something that's going to, to, to get them on kind of a more of a, a, a level of their understanding and their knowledge and make them feel real smart. And the Bible says you basically have two schools of thought in this day. You have people that are looking for signs and wonders and miracles and people that are looking for wisdom and knowledge and, and to be intelligent and somehow convinced through some kind of uh, interesting concept that they can wrap their heads around. And he said, but we preach Christ crucified. See, when you get to the end of the day of all your power and all your glory and all your gifts and all how powerful you are and how smart you are and how intelligent you are and how much you can tell other people what's right and they can say, oh, I don't have anything to say about that, that you've got to deal with the cross. And the cross is a stumbling block to our sensibilities, no matter which side of, uh, of it you come at it with. Says the Bible says we preach Christ crucified. The Jews, it's a stumbling block. 
And unto the Greeks, it's foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. See, what's happened here is man in his religious ways, in his intellectual ways, in, in our ways of trying to elevate ourselves above our sin, whether it's I can, I, I can do this by figuring it out and I can be stronger and I can quit and I can, I can be better uh, husband or father or wife or mother or neighbor or whatever, or, or, or whatever it might be, you got to deal with the cross at the end of the day. There are a lot of people who say, well, I pray. It's good. You should pray. If you come around here, we're going to talk about prayer quite a bit. We're going to not only talk about it, we're going to do it. I I pray every day. That's good. But there's got to be more. I, I, I try to do what's right. Well, see, God has set us all in a very similar circumstance. He's not grading on a curve and saying, here's bad people. Here's really good people. Hopefully you're kind of more on the side of the good than the bad. And that makes you my friend. No, trying hard doesn't, God's not looking at your life and saying, are you good or are you bad? It's, are you saved or are you lost? It's not a matter of trying to do good. Jesus kind of got to the heart of that, you know, when he was talking about people keeping the Ten Commandments. And how many times have you heard somebody, well, I, I, I do my best to keep the Ten Commandments. Jesus kind of just shot that full of holes and said, let me ask you what's in your heart. You haven't murdered anybody. Let's look at your anger. You haven't committed adultery. Let's talk about lust in your heart. Amen. He, he gets down to our hearts. Well, I try to, I, I just think we all ought to love people. I think we just ought to, ought to love people no matter what they, he ever, you know, it seems like the ones that are talking about love the most are the ones that when you disagree with them, they want to shoot you down and cancel you. Amen. But uh, whether you're, you're praying and, and trying to do right and trying to love everybody and respect their, those are all, all great, but. What are you going to do with the cross? See, why Jesus is a stumbling block to so many people, he comes to those that that are, are, are religious or self-righteous or somehow feel like I'm better than, than, than a lot of people that, that are in church today. I'll tell you that much. But listen, Jesus comes and says, you need a Savior. Your righteousness All your best efforts are like filthy rags to me. Your best is vanity. It's worthless. The cross, the very presence of Jesus shines a light to the fact that we are lost without him. It's not what you've done or what you do, but it's the fact that without him, you're lost. If you back up there in 1 Corinthians, the first chapter, verse 18. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us, which are saved, it is the power of God. Galatians 5 talks about the offense of the cross. The stumbling block of the cross. 
The understanding that says your best isn't enough. Your efforts aren't going to get you anywhere with God. You've got to just come to the end of yourself and cry out to God from an altar and say, be merciful to me. I am a sinner and I need a savior and I'm done uh, my own will and my own way. I'm going to turn to you and repent of my sins and follow you, Lord. Jesus is an offense. Jesus is a stumbling block to those who would choose to, to, to follow my will, to follow my way, self-will, to follow what I like and what I want, and to say, listen, if you could save yourself doing, trying hard, praying your prayers and Loving people, there wouldn't need to be a cross. But the cross comes to a religious world. The cross comes to a, to a world that desires to worship. Why do you see these, sadly, forgive me, but I'm going to just say multi-million dollar industries that are churches today. Why do you see these that are just packed out houses? of? Uh, uh, because there is a desire in man to worship. There is a desire in man to, to, to go beyond himself. But it's going to have to take you to a cross. Right. Going to have to take you to a savior that you're going to have to bow the knee to. We don't create God in our image and the, the God that I serve. Well, he doesn't. It's not about that. It's about you saying, God, what do you, what's your will? God, you be my light. You be my help. You, you be the one that, that cleanses me. Oh, but my God, you said he loves you. He loves you so much. He wants to free you. He loves you so much. He wants to break chains and to change your heart and your life and to give you a life that is blessed and, and, and is free. Amen. Hallelujah. Why? Why was he despised? Why was he rejected? Why when people in the book of Acts stood up and said, I, I love him and I'm going to serve him and I'm going to follow him. Did people say, you know, we need to get them out of our society. We need to lock them up. Amen. You know, outside of John, every disciple died a martyr's death. You know what that means? It means they were executed because they were Christians. Amen. They would come and say, go ahead and preach. Go ahead and pray. Just don't do it in the name of Jesus. Do it in any other name. If you want to build yourself up as a celebrity, hey, we might just buy tickets to that. But you want to stand out there and talk about the need for a Savior, that you've got to repent and turn your life over to Him to submit, surrender, and obey a God that that He died because your best isn't good enough? We don't want that. Don't tell me I'm lost. Don't tell me that my sins are, are an offense to God. Don't tell me He's holy and that, that He's just. Don't tell me that the cross... Is more than than an emblem on a on the wall or on a necklace. Don't tell me that that cross is is very symbol of God's wrath and judgment against my filthy sins. 
but it is. No matter how you gold plate it, no matter how you try to make it fancy and make it sanitize it, the cross is God's wrath against sin. The cross is God's anger and judgment that Jesus took for us. Amen. And in order to appropriate that mercy, in order that that mercy can become the payment for your sins, you've got to say, well, I just believe. Yeah. Believe that that was the righteousness of God taking the just penalty of your sins. Not that, oh, well, God just, I, I just know he loves me. Do you recognize what that love costs? Do you recognize that a holy God did everything that he had to do and paid such a horrific price because your sins were so sinful? And the man that says, yeah, I'm not as bad as some, can't be saved until you realize your sins are not being measured by anybody else but a holy God that says they it took this to save you. It took this to save you. Oh, it might have been bad for somebody else. Jesus must have written, no, it was your sins. But it was the love of that kind and patient God that said, you're worth it. The, the offense, the offense that Jesus is, that stumbling block that people stumble over, is really the pride of mankind that says it doesn't take all that for me. It doesn't take take a cried crying out to God for mercy. It doesn't take real repentance. I'm not so bad. I'm not. I'm not so so lost. I'm not. I'm not as bad as you think. And God is just looking for somebody to say, Yeah, you're the Savior I need. Yeah, I, I, I'm lost without you. I'm empty. I'm. I'm not worried about what somebody else has said or done. Like David said, I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before me. That when Jesus came and Nicodemus finds him in the night, can you imagine? Here comes God with us. Read about it in Matthew, the first chapter. Emmanuel, God with us. Here's the fulfillment of all scripture. The word made flesh. And when a religious leader comes to, to stand by him to, to say, what is this all about? He sneaks up in nighttime. I don't know. Does anybody watch? Does anybody follow me? I don't want anybody to see me with this guy. They're going to think maybe I'm one of them. And, oh, I can't stand to have that, my reputation so tarnished. Right. How sad. What are you talking about? I feel like, I feel like you the things you're doing, it has to be. I can't get past all the people that I'm with. The, these religious leaders, they don't want anything to do with you. But down deep inside, I'm just starting to think that I can admit what they won't admit. You you are from God. This is real. And Jesus just cuts through it all and says, Verily, verily, I say to you, you must be born again. I was expecting you to tell me what commandment to keep, what one's part that I, I might have missed, and, and what, uh, what, what, uh, what it's going to take for me to, to, to just clean up my act a little bit. You must be born again. Your life is 
you're lost. You need a new life. Amen. Uh, you don't get credit for it. It's, it. You must be born again to be born of the water and of the spirit. To, to be changed, to be cleansed, to bury that old life in a, in a watery grave and, and, say, uh, and to rise in a new life. Born again. Oh, I, I don't know. This seems so strange to me. And he, he has that natural understanding. He, even though he's a, a, a spiritual leader, if you will, but he says, I, what, what are you telling me? I mean, to, 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 to have another birth? No. You must be born again of the water and of the spirit. I'm going to try to try to be better. I'm going to try to clean up my act. I'm going to try to quit some old habits. And, and you know what Jesus said? You, 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 you come and, and that'll help you so, so much. And people will say, wow, that's awesome. You're doing so well. But if you swept and garnished your, vet, your vessel and you didn't fill it, you didn't get that baptism of the spirit. Hello? You just cleansed and the enemy comes back to what he called home and says, well, somebody cleaned this up really nice. There's more room in here than I thought. I'm going to get some friends. See, Jesus salvation brings us to the realization that we are open, welcome property to the enemy to come and go until we come to him. And the blood is applied. Amen. And the spirit of God fills us. We've buried that old life and now he fills us. And the enemy comes by and says, hey, what happened to my my old stomping grounds? Let's look at this. Seems like there's been some changes in it. And he comes by and the spirit of God is there saying, hey, you're no longer welcome. There is no vacancy here. Amen. I not only changed some things, but this is God's work now. This is God's property now. Amen. And old things have passed away and now all things are new and his power now dwells in you. You see, I can't live right without his power. I can't just follow him the best that I can and hope for the best. Because I find out. Look what it says in in Romans, the seventh chapter. I'm not going to be very much longer for anybody who wonders. Romans 7. Hallelujah. I know I got Romans in my Bible here. Oh, look, it's right where I left it. Right between 6 and 8. I find then a law, Romans 7, 21, that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. It's like what Peter said. I, I'm going to... I'll die with you. Your spirit's willing. You got a made up mind. It's only going to take you so far. I, I, please understand this. I, I've heard a lot of good preaching about the power of a made up mind. But that'll only take you so far. Peter had a made up mind, but you need what Peter got on the day of Pentecost. Because the spirit is willing, Peter, but the flesh is weak. It's not that Peter was a mess. 
And the enemy is going to tell you in your mind, you just don't have what they have. You just don't aren't what they are. You just have it harder. No, Peter, your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. That is just inherent in all of us. Our default settings are weak and unable. With man, it is impossible, Jesus said, but with God, with God. Amen. But with God. For I delight in the law of the God after the inward man, but I see another law. Somebody say it's a law. I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. If you back up to verse 19, he says, the good that I would, the good that I want to do, I don't do it. But the evil that I would not, the thing that I say I'm not going to do, that's what I do. Too many people have preached this and say, well, this is just the way a child of God lives his life. You know, I never do as good as I want to. I always mess up when I'm trying. No, that's not what's going on here. He said, who can deliver me from this? And he answers the question, Jesus can deliver me from this. And there's no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. What am I trying to say? That Jesus, the Savior of mankind, the one who is the answer, is a stumbling block to them that are disobedient. And your religious good intentions won't save you. You need to come to a place where you recognize I'm lost and on my way to hell and I need a savior. And sadly, the vast majority of mankind is not willing to come to that realization. They want to say I'm. Yeah, I've made some mistakes, but yeah, I, I, I've stumbled a few times. Yeah, I've, I, I, I've, but not, not to the extent that, no, you, you, need, you need a Savior. You need a cross. It took that. It took that for you. It took that, that, that horrible price for you. It's going to take grace that is amazing for you. And that you can't just say thank you for it, but you've got to, got to turn to God and, and put your, the trust of your life into that cross and let Him renew you and fill you with His power to be born again. God loves you so much, He wants to call you who used to be a housing project for devils. He wants to call you his home. The temple in Solomon's day, and then even the rebuilding of it later on, was one of the seven wonders of the world. It was something in Herod's day that you would see just shining and sparkling from from far off, like a like a mountain that just was... What glistened in the sun that that God God dwelt behind that temple, but he said that 's not my my desire. My desire is that once I can take care of your sin that you 'll be my temple that i 'll dwell in temples not made with hands that this New Testament salvation is not somewhere where you 'll come visit me, but it 's something that I will dwell in you. Jesus is a stumbling block. 
to our pride, to our self-righteousness, to our religious sensibilities that say, I'll just try harder, clean up my act a little better. I'll love people that are kind of hard to love as much as I'm able to. Our desire to clean ourselves up, our desire to do better, it is a stumbling block to say, you can't and you won't. You need Jesus. You need to surrender to him. You need to fall on your face and cry out to him. Turn from to him with all your heart and let him fill you with his power to do his will. Can we bow our heads in prayer, please? Jesus, when all this religion is available, when all this tradition I was thinking this morning just how much all the the holiday movies the Christmas time celebration of how much Hollywood just must love Jesus can't you tell they're just so caught up with him or Santa Claus or one of them they like something that seems religious They like a tradition that is centered around themselves and and the religious world. Breaks my heart so often. Somebody says, you know, I'm trying to show them the cross. I'm trying to show them a Savior that paid a price. Well, I want I want something that's going to uplift me. I'm telling you there is a there is a resurrection uplifting for you, but first the gospel message, the good news is that Jesus came to save sinners, but if you can't say that's me. That's me. I'm lost without a savior. I'm lost without this. It will never be yours. I've heard it said already. Well, I, when someone says I'm, I'm trying, I really am trying. That sounds good, but stop, stop trying and just give up. Give up and give in to God. Somebody here today, you may be living for God all your life, so to speak, but you remember it's about His power, it's about His strength, it's about His help. When you begin to feel the the overwhelming weight of the battle that you're in. The struggle when you start realizing, God, where I don't have the strength I need. I don't have the, the power I need. But you've got Jesus. I believe it's in one of Peter's epistles. The Bible talks about how he's got everything under his feet, but yet we don't see it. We don't see everything under his feet quite yet. We still see the devil running rampant and coming against us day by day. It says we don't see everything under his feet quite yet, but we see Jesus. We see him day by day. He's your strength. Day by day, he's your help. Too many people start off at an altar but end up on a pedestal congratulating themselves on how smart or how how good, how gifted they are. Hey, listen, 
To God be the glory. It's God that brought you this far, and it's God that's going to take you the rest of the way. Learn how to bow the knee. Learn how to reach out to God and say, I need you today. Just like I needed you before. Come on, let's all pray. God knows. Right where you are. God knows.
magnify you. Let us remember. It's all because of you. It's because of your grace. It's because of your mercy. Because of the cross. That we have eternal life. We love you so much, God. Let's all stand. You didn't get this by trying harder. You didn't get this because you were good enough. You got it because of a Savior who willingly died on an old rugged cross that you might be cleansed, forgiven, and He could move in through the power of His Holy Ghost. Oh, we ought to thank God every day. Lord, we love you. Lord, thank you for your this great salvation. God, help us, I pray, to understand it's because of you. It's because of you. Lord, keep pride out of our hearts and minds and help us, Lord, to just continue to give you glory. Shine the light in this last generation. Lord, I pray you keep us safe as we travel now from this place. God, you bless each family, each one. And, Lord, just continue to shine your light through each one of us. We love you. We praise you. We ask it all in your great name, the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church. God bless you.